0: Welcome to the Christian Men Unscripted Podcast, where Christian men get together to talk about real issues, real struggles, and real victories. We're here to have honest conversations about what it means to be a Christian man in today's world. We'll be talking about marriage, fatherhood, leadership, faith, and more. And we'll be doing it all in a way that is honest, open, and unscripted. Subscribe today and join us on this journey. All right. All right. (laughs) I uh, so that, that was a podcast. Everybody, I'm Alan Underwood. I'm here with John Harney and Seth Lazon. I think he's actually recording, Pretty but we're okay. going to get back into where we left off last week. Um, the episode we were
1: talking about idolatry and prayer and what else. Um, I see. I think we mentioned that we're going to try to Family, start jumping into wives and families wives a little bit families. today. Yeah, but we did have
0: uh, where John was singing uh, the cheer song. Uh,
1: you mentioned.
0: Um, yeah, you you quoted but it. Brought uh, back a memory. Yeah, so it's a little story, but. I don't think it's that funny, so it might not be good. We could edit it out if it's not. No. It it, it was a long time ago when we were working on uh, bicycles, Mm -hmm. not motorcycles, bicycles. And um, we were in Laughlin working the Laughlin River Run with um, the Hells Angels, the Mongols, a lot of biker gangs. Organized motorcycle clubs, yeah. yeah, yeah, The criminal organized motorcycle clubs. Really nice people. (laughs) Um, If any of you are former members, I apologize. Or current. let me share Jesus with you. Yeah, exactly. Jesus loves you. Yeah. Um. But there was a big shooting, and it happened in Laughlin during the river run. And we were working. We were about to get off work. We're like, we're gonna go to movies. We're gonna go to dinner. We're gonna hang out. And we're driving, pedaling back. <laughs> and as we're getting off, at what, what time was it? Midnight.
1: Yeah, midnight, one in the yeah. morning, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And we
0: hear this call, like, "Hey, we got a bunch of motorcycles going up to whatever it was, there. So one hotel to the other, to a whole bunch of dudes on bikes, yeah. yeah, motorcycles. It wasn't gonna be good. Let's just put it that way. So. We're like, do you think we should still get off or should we stay?
1: (laughs) We we all loaded up in a van. If you recall, we literally loaded in a van. We're like, we better get over there.
0: Yeah. So we loaded in a van. As soon as we're halfway up the road, uh, all heck breaks loose. I guess you would say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sticking to the no appearance of curse word rule. Yeah. Yeah. And then shooting, shooting in the casino, Hells Angels, Mongols. So we're riding up, we're in a van and so, you can hear gunfire, gunfires everywhere, gunfires on the river, gunfires in the parking garage, in the hotel. And long story short, we were dealing with that. We get in there. Well, we didn't go in, John and I. We were in a. We,
1: well, we caught a guy outside. Yeah, we were, whatever.
0: The motorcycles were leaving. We had to stop like three of them. One guy stopped, the others took off. So, we have one guy in custody. And then we get up to Harris. Was it Harris? Gold Nugget? Yeah,
1: yeah. Have seen and
0: like you're literally walking over guys who've been shot and killed. And, Big scene. But, we were had to stay up for what two days straight, no yeah. sleep,
1: no sleep. It was we're almost like martial law,
0: so, yeah, martial law. We're sitting there, I'm sitting on this car, police car, leaning up against it. John's on the PA singing the facts of life song. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, he's singing the song over the loudspeaker. I'm laughing. I'm like, you know, I'm not really tired. I've been up for 48 hours straight. Next thing I know, I just fall asleep and standing there. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I am tired not a funny story but anything I mean,
1: to add to that well the reason <laughs> why it's kind awesome. of funny is because that just sort of came to mind right when you're delirious yeah and the pa system turns into a platform for singing as you know we like to use these microphones just like seth opened with to Sing rock out some sweet pipes of song you know and yeah. so yeah we were just delirious and started singing you know the facts of life because it was the facts of life that was just the facts of life of the world we lived in at the time right we're yeah. sweet we're up for days there's massive carnage and when do we get to go to sleep? So I just started singing for everybody. I thought yeah. it was nice. You're welcome, by the way, anyone who benefited from that 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, 20 years ago, it kept
1: me uh, yeah. jovial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, it kept you <laughs> yeah. jovial. When and I was it, tired as all get out. It helped yeah. you to relax, you know, because you, you yeah. know you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have yeah. this the, facts the facts of life. life. I mean, it's just the facts of life. It's yeah. how yeah. that goes. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah. that put you right to sleep. You're welcome. Yeah, Cut up on some rest. All right, where are we going with <laughs> the podcast today then, guys? Okay, listen. <laughs> Last week, we were talking about um, you know, the kids and and idolatry and praying about our kids, praying about our families and being, and then also kind of tying that into being a little bit more intentional, like how we always brag on Seth because he's so intentional with so many things. It kind of ties into the story that Alan just opened with in this individually, we all have our own individual walk with the Lord. Yes. And we have our individual experiences in life. And so even kind of how we are, how we do, you know, we, I, I hate when people say, oh, they're a product of their environment, right? Oh, I actually yeah. don't like that as an excuse, but I understand the relevance of the environment tying into a lot of our personality traits, a lot of our habits, a lot of our good and bad habits. The environment does matter. I understand that. It's just too many people use it as a cop-out, right? right. But even going back to the cop story, like we're tired and we're up for days. Our families aren't out there. They just know we're gone. So, like, we're out working, I whatever. Mean, yeah, you know? literally, I mean, seeing a dead body is no big
0: deal at the point in time because we've no. seen it before. So, I yeah. mean, when we tell stories and Seth is cringing over here,
1: we're laughing. It's like,
0: because I got laugh at that? Kind
1: but, of like last week we joked, yeah. kind of yeah. sends out a nice thing and then we have a crass response. Yeah. We have, when we have listeners that work as ER nurses, ER trauma nurses, things like that, they're exposed to that. And so mm-hmm. genuinely you just, it's a different world, the, the real world that you get to see. And so you kind of yeah. become crass to it because it's not as shocking, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you bring that home. That's what we're going to be talking about a little bit, that you do bring that home. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That- yeah so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's Still true. Because you have a... Uh, no, obviously I was saying, <laughs> it's not Connie Allen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Know. no, it's, it's funny though. To kind of, it's, it's, uh, it, it was funny though, to kind of be like, you know, the facts of life. So you just kind of came up with that and then we're singing it over the PA for everyone. So it just seems like a, you know, really interesting it right. also tells you that john yeah. and i never
1: took our job that seriously oh <laughs> we a got. full career in the most crazy undercover and homicide you name it and it was mostly all about what was fun
2: yeah you know? yeah yeah
1: well i mean you know you
2: get to that place and if you were to take it if you were to just be so serious all the time like that would be very unhelpful to your family right be unhelpful to everyone um really be unhelpful to yourself you start and you, and you, and you guys experience that with your guys with a lot of your friends um experiencing and feeling trauma afterwards um but you also bring trauma kind of home to your family yeah Yeah, in a different way though we don't talk about that but then like the anger like the stress yeah yeah i don't see it that way Mm -hmm. right so for them they you know they don't they experience they just
0: think
1: you're a butthole yeah yeah you're you're being a jerk why are you such a jerk yeah
2: but really it's you know it's maybe a response to your own trauma and yeah stuff that's going on in your life but that kind of brings us to what we're telling our family and and there are because of our experiences because of things that we've we've had in our life um we like this better
1: yeah alan is by the (laughs) way just for the listener since we're not being videotaped we moved to some couches for today to try this out and instead of sitting up and talking like the rest of us alan just suddenly reclined i'm sorry seth i i apologize for the distraction but when alan just sits back and puts his feet up on the console yeah and uh we're talking about uh our
2: how our experiences impact our families um and you know while some of them sorry. are being to you know, traumatic responses um they do impact our families and they can become kind of like commandments that we have like we are we have different values that we bring in and and, uh, you know, Alan would yell at his kids for not keeping keeping the carpet clean and mm-hmm. walking,
0: on, and and
1: walking on the carpet. Uh, let me clarify, not just for not keeping the carpet clean, <laughs> but for messing up the perfectly straight lines that he mowed into his carpet with oh, his no. and cleaner. It's,
0: it's, no, it's a rake. It oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, so service,
0: service clean. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, you know, yeah. if you think if we were to think about it, like there's so many things that like our parents, like we have values from our parents that maybe they didn't even communicate. Maybe they did communicate it. Um, like maybe, you know, you're a workaholic or something, or, you know, cause you've experienced your parents did that all the time. And so then you're a workaholic and then that's the value that you're putting on your kids mm-hmm. and they're experiencing, they're saying, well, now I, I, this is kind of, this is who we are as Underwoods, as Harneys, as Lazans, because this is what, this is what I've experienced. This is what I've done. You know, this is how we talk. This is how we, you know, and so we have these commands and maybe we, we even have unhealthy commands about how we use our money. Like maybe. We, uh, we are stingy with our money, and so that becomes a, you know, a generational kind of we don't give money away and we save it or whatever. And, and so we have these uh, these family commands that we kind of bring into our families, and not only us, but our wives bring that into their family, into our family as well. And so we have these two kind of conflicting family relationships because I don't know where my wife, like what kind of um, – you know, husband, she observed from her father and she's no kind of wife relationship that I observed from my father, but I'm, and my mother, but that's kind of where I'm, what I'm getting into this relationship with, with these ideas that this is how it's supposed to be.
1: Okay. So you're talking about this and it makes me want to go back Uh, several weeks ago, maybe months ago. Now we did a, a few episodes kind of introducing you guys and your backgrounds quite a bit. And, um, you got me thinking like Alan, because I want you to share a little bit, because last episode we did talk about how you were 19 years old when you got married. And so we can talk about how our relationships, our families, our marriages are affected by our individual careers. You as a pastor, I mean, that's exposure to family dramas and, and psychological issues because of counseling, et cetera. Kids, as a cop, we're exposed to a lot and we bring it home. But let's let's go back. I don't even know anything speaking of, you don't know like what type of a husband Kim looked at for your father. And I don't want to try to uncover families. I'm just asking, come to think of it. I, I've met her mom quite a few times and stuff. And so I understand a little bit yeah. of where she brings Talk when you guys food. were 19 years yeah, old. Food. Yeah. yeah <laughs> terrible sushi. And uh, it's delicious now. I'm sure delicious at the at the time. I just didn't know. I was yeah, yeah. I didn't have a palate for it. Mm. So um, what's good. the question? I'm gonna... The question is this, you were about 19 years old. You said when you got married 19. And so think back, when you got married and you were an, you were not a believer, at least not following Jesus. And nope. so kind of think back how you guys have to come together. And this is for everybody. When you're in a relationship, you have to come together and you bring your individual backgrounds. So what did that look like? Is what I'm asking at 19 years old, well, which- 19. I didn't even think nothing like that. I uh, well, we we were we have some, we have a small group at our house on Tuesdays. And uh,
0: we were talking about this. I got married to my wife at 19 because I grew up in a broken home. Uh, mom and dad were separated. I told a story about hitchhiking cross country with my dad as he took me from my mom. Cause she had her issues. So I got married because I didn't want that life that I grew up in. Right. I was like, I found a, a beautiful woman. I didn't know a whole lot about her. We've been dating for a couple years, but I knew she was beautiful. I knew we got along. I was like, I'm going to get married. And I joined, I was in the military. So I, I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't think much about being married. I just knew that I did not want to have a broken home. I was like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to stay married to my wife. I'm going to have kids. I want the white picket fence. I want a good family. But it never crossed my mind that, oh, I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life. I was like, if it don't work out, it don't work out. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I got her now. I don't want to lose her. So for a long time in our marriage, we kind of grew up together, but I didn't cherish her, I guess you would say, the way I should have. Does that make sense? For sure. Especially as a 19-year-old kid. So the fact that we're still married 32 years later is kind of crazy to be honest with you Mm -hmm. because I just was happy being married. I don't think I put her in a position of being a wife. I thought I just put her in a position of being kind of like, I don't know what's the word, uh, roommate. Yeah. Like a, you know, I'm married as her roommate, whatever. Yeah. girlfriend. Marriage didn't mean much. Yeah. Like a girlfriend, but we were just married. Yeah. So as we grew, you know, I can't imagine my life without her now, but you know, for twenty years of our marriage, we were just like roommates, partners. And as I found Christ, I realized that how much I love her and I couldn't live without her. Yes. And it's not saying I didn't love her when we were nineteen. I always loved her, but I think I took it for granted. Does oh, that make of sense? Of course, I, sure, yeah. well, I took it for granted. I, I, I even I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Even in the military, I thought, eh no big deal it's marriage if I cheat on her this or that she'll never know never did don't get me wrong because there was that point where I was like well this would hurt her if she found out but it didn't cross my mind that I really cared about something like that right you know because I'm 19 I'm not a Christian I'm not a a follower of Jesus I didn't think much about about it I always knew there was a God don't get me wrong I was always a believer in Jesus and God but I didn't know the way to follow Jesus at the time because I wasn't a Christian until really I met you you kind of brought that on but now that we've been married for 32 years, I look at it way different now. Like that we're growing in Christ together. We're, we're um our marriage is so much better than it was when we were 19, 20, 21. And you would think at that time it's the best time to be married because you're young. Right. And, you know, and we had fun. We 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 didn't have kids for like 10 years of our first 10 years of our
1: marriage. She went to college. But I took that for granted and I kind of feel bad because I missed out on a lot of things. I am right there with you. Same thing, married for almost 10 years before we had kids and I wish I had a better mentality back then because wow, you wasted all that youth. I wasted it and I I feel bad because I always loved her. I I love
0: her more now than I ever have, but I've always had that, like, I think I took it for granted that she'll be here. I'm married. I can do what I want now. I would never want to hurt her. I would never want to do anything to make her feel bad. Mm. And I even now today, like if I catch myself on the phone too long while she's talking, I, I feel bad but I don't take her for granted anymore. I feel like our marriage is getting stronger and stronger as we get older. I know it sucks that we're getting older, yeah. but I just enjoy being married to her so much. I'll stop talking guys. Go no, on.
2: that's <laughs> really asked. good. No, that's really good. Cause I think it shows like what you saw, you didn't see a woman being cherished. At, right. And so you, I didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. So, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. So there's, there's something there where you had no idea, but then when you became a Christian, you knew like, like, you know, through various circumstances, you're like, man, I really need to cherish her because right. of, you know, of, of her being a daughter of the king, maybe of her being, you know, just a gift from yeah. God that you didn't deserve and, and right. kind of having that different mindset cherish. That's, that's a really good point. So we all kind of bring those kind of pictures into our families and yeah. that's good. And that's, I didn't know what it was like to be married because I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I saw a divorce and I was like,
0: and I, same to be right. honest with you. It didn't. It wasn't a big deal to me, like to get divorced. I'm like, oh, my
1: parents did. it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's no way I'd ever want to get divorced now. So, isn't that funny? Because I have the same, but very similar. Except for I was raised in a Christian home, not broken in the same sense. That's why I love Alan's story. My story was more. My dad was. He was a highway patrolman. He was a sergeant. I come from generations of law enforcement, military type of a household. However, my dad also was a bit of a womanizer, and he's, you know, he's been married to the same woman now for a long time, but it's his fifth wife. You know, full mm-hmm. disclosure. And um, my mom is remarried to my stepdad He's my dad and and, uh, has been an awesome influence and things like that. But but the same mentality is there is still damage. I recognize it from being in junior high. I was like a massive punk rock kid in the 80s In junior high. I had my parents went through their divorce, all these things. And so like you, Alan, I didn't quite have like that real example. And in fact, mine was almost worse because we were technically a Christian home. And so, in other words, the example of what a Christian home looks like wasn't exactly what a Christian home is supposed to look like. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, being young and being married, I love you pointing out how now you realize how much you should have even cherished your wife. Not that it was bad. It's right. I, I always
0: been pretty good.
1: Yeah, my wife and I, same deal. Had this great marriage. But I look back when we were young and, man, even though we were believers and stuff and in and out of church... Boy, as, as you mature and get older, you mm-hmm. recognize like, dang, I could have done this so much better. I, like I said, I last I, I said this last week. I, mm-hmm. I literally, the first prayer I pray over my wife is I praise God for preserving my marriage in spite of my actions. Mm-hmm. You know, just not all those things, not being the husband I really could have been. You know, yeah. Yeah. what a valuable thought process. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, I I'm gonna I don't want to talk as much this episode. I think I talked too much last, but I do want to share this because people will come and they're gonna ask you. I know they do, Alan. Your small group. And Seth, you guys are younger in marriage. I don't want to dismiss that at all. But it's like you guys are, what, 10 years behind us all? Maybe 20? We're around 30 and 32 years. How long have you been married, uh, Seth? Uh, almost nine. Okay, so a little <laughs> bit behind us. Wait. So you're back. where? So, But here, how cool mm-hmm. is this? Because now you have the opportunity to take advantage of literally um, goofballs like us pointing out, like, man, I could have even been better, right? No, no, um, you know, no, no condemnation over that at all but just in sort of the thought process of how are you living out your marriage in Christ and then how can you actually look at that as an opportunity to say okay we can always get better from the time we're younger you know mm-hmm. we're younger we're older we're yeah. looking back um to my point, I guess, is what I'm trying to share is that it like the biblical mindset in a, in a young marriage is something that kind of didn't come about until we all got a lot older. And mm-hmm. so when you are when you are young, and you get to look at it, and you see people who've been married, like 30, 32 years, and people will say, Wow, how do you have a marriage where you guys seem to still be happy and seem mm-hmm. to still love each other? I would respond and say, "Hey, one, as a believer, I try to put Christ first. Understanding who Jesus is, who is God, and then recognizing that my wife is a gift. And then two is being very intentional. It's a mindset. It's actually a daily mindset to wake up and to say, praise you, God, thank you for my wife and to decide to look at your wife, whether she's awake, sleeping, I'm not trying to get too weird on this and say, I love that woman. She's beautiful. Yeah. You, and it's not like you have to convince yourself, but in a sense you are, it's re or reaffirmation in your own mind. That that is the woman for me and that I love her, that I'm attracted to her, that I want to be around her, that I want a better relationship with her. And if you're in a marriage that doesn't feel like that, it always starts with you. And I get it. We can blame spouses for being terrible. But if you can make that decision, okay, this is who I love. I'm going to decide to love them more, to pray for them more, to invest in them more. There could be a response there that you would be blown away by. But it is, Mm -hmm. of course, the man's real responsibility to live that way to begin with.
2: Yeah. Right. I and mean, when we talk about this a little bit, is that we are to, look, as Ephesians 5, 25 says, love your, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, that's a sacrificial kind of existence for the, for the husband. And oftentimes we use the verse before to submit to wives, submit to your husbands. And, and that has been abused for decades, um, you know, centuries. Um, but for us, you know, w- the real, our responsibility, uh, that is the wider responsibility, but our responsibility is not to say, you need to submit to me. It's to say, I'm going to love you and I'm going to sacrifice myself for you. And as Christ, because Christ sacrificed himself for us. He and, and that you know, kind of changes your maybe mindset a little bit about what you should be doing as a, as a, a man. And I think for, for us, you know, for me, even, you know, I've been married for nine almost nine years and just kind of you know being like i want to cherish um my wife i want to make sure that she feels more loved than she did you know five years ago six years ago and and she wants and her mindset has changing as well and i think it kind of brings this this uh back for marriage specifically but i don't know if i mentioned it before but there's a book i read by emerson egrich who uh he talked about the crazy cycle i'm
1: excited to hear about this crazy cycle you're such a learned scholar. Oh, um, thank, thank you for being that way. Oh, I, uh, I, uh, I, read, uh, I I read I listened to it
2: no <laughs> um, it was uh, it was actually part of a small group I did when Brit and I first got married and it was a very very nice small group we did it, it was talking about love and respect. and it was if um if a husband a wife doesn't feel loved, she re- reacts in a disrespectful way. And if a husband doesn't feel respected, he reacts in unloving ways and there's that mm-hmm. that crazy cycle where, Someone's got to break it and uh, someone's got to take the step and say, I'm going to be the one that doesn't continue this disrespectful or this unloving behavior. Um, And I think that's a a very, you know, manly thing for us to do is to say, I'm going to, you know, even if we feel like we're disrespected to say, I'm not going to continue in this cycle. I'm going to make sure that I respond lovingly because Jesus died on the cross and he said what he did. He could have, he could have cursed everyone. You know, he could have come off the cross. Um, because of who he was and, but he said, forgive yeah. them for they know not what they're doing. And for us, oftentimes if someone's like, you know, that, you know, our wives, you know, for my wife, she isn't, she doesn't know how much I do, you know, she doesn't know how much, uh, I, I, you know, sacrifice or blah. And so we start to kind of be, you know what, you know, I'm just going to do this or, and so yeah. I'm going to use this word. I'm going to say, can't believe you did this. And so we bring up things to be unloving and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and I'd uh, never do that. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, so, but I just (laughs) wanted to, I just wanted to kind of share that because, you know, and even the way that we kind of bring up things like our wives will say, like we talked about several episodes ago is like, you know, wives might say something to us and we want to fix it or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, we we want to bring those things up. But, you know, example that Emerson used in his book was what if, uh, you know, your wife says, oh, I want to lose weight. And so you're like, okay, like, great, I'm going to buy you a diet book or something or a workout book. You know, she hears that. differently (laughs) she's she's like what i can't you want me to lose weight it's like no you said that you know yeah exactly but uh um i'm trying to help but they but he pointed out that like women speak you know have different kind of hearing and and men have different kind of hearing and so but
0: after 30 years of marriage my wife says that i'm like you don't need to lose weight you look beautiful exactly and that's good
2: i should (laughs) write a book (laughs) and that is that is really good and that's good and that's a you learn um, these things. <laughs> exactly. You learn that as you were like, you know, I shouldn't have said that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was unloving. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you start to mature and grow, you start to realize this is what my wife really might need in this place. She needs to be affirmed in who she is mm-hmm. and loved and not be like, you know what, you need to be. You need to lose weight here. I'm going to help you with that. You know, it's that, thats kind of what she hears is like, yes, I agree with you. Instead of hey,
0: woman, you have been putting
1: on the pounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <we> better, <laughs> I apologize. I keep getting these donuts and bringing them home. I guess I better yeah. stop. you're yeah. not working out for one Can't of us.
0: can <laughs> one donut home now. <laughs>
1: yeah, I
2: brought six donuts. I'll be one. Where are they? <laughs> that uh, uh, I got
1: to no. share a very fast story. Is um to that point of just looking back and kind of having some regrets and stuff. The first year our kids were born, the first Mother's Day. I had twin babies, twin over yeah, twenty years never. ago, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't get my wife anything for Mother's Day at all. And but she's not she, your mother. There you go. That's <laughs> literally what I told her. She was so upset. Dude, no, I, I, I? know that's wrong. Oh my God. Oh, see, I was. That's. I'm just sharing. That's how yeah. dull that I am, right? Yeah. I literally had twin babies. It was super hard pregnancy. I mean, terrible. They were in the NICU. It was just hard. And we, my, yeah. by the way, full disclosure, like my wife had miscarriages for like eight years. We had yeah. a very rough. And she was so sad all the time. And I had to say, hey, look, it's going to be in God's timing. And, and she doesn't want to hear that when she's mm-hmm. in the hospital having a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so we have twins. Awesome. We're blessed. Boy and girl twins. First Mother's Day. My kids are born in December. So only a few months later. And I didn't get my wife not even a card. I don't even think I told her Happy Mother's Day. And I think I got my mom some cards and a, a card and some cards. Because she's my mom. And so my wife is like. Why did yeah. the babies not get her? Well, that's okay. what I said. I said that's there. Isn't that these little whining, pooping things, job? Yep. I, you're not my mom. That's what <laughs> you I said. Say a couple of years, you'll get something. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> I'll, I'll teach these kids how to <laughs> yeah. go out and rustle up some money and get you something. I don't even know what's going on.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think you're wrong for that. You should have got her yeah. something. Yeah.
2: Well, well,
1: yeah. That, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but you also don't know.
2: You don't know did, where these I things did. come from. I did not know. Yeah. It didn't
1: even cross my mind. Right? I'm yeah. not even kidding. Not out of meanness. It, it just did, didn't. Well, I was literally yeah. like, what well, do you On, on my Father's Day. Yeah. Oh, my wife is always awesome. I'm sure yeah. he got me she stuff. Got yeah. Cool. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Father's Day in my house sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always the first one up. And I'm like, eh, nobody's up.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Nobody making breakfast a bit. Well, like, on on oh, Mother's yeah, Day, I always... Day.
0: I'm like, yeah, it's Father's Day. I'm Mother's me some Day, food, well, kids.
2: <laughs> funny. Yeah. but on Mother's Day, I always wish everybody a Happy Mother's Day because it's a national holiday. It's like mm.
1: she's swab. It's like you you Happy know, Mother's Day. Turn you know? off
2: Seth's mic. You're turning the microphone off. Dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> like I would, I would say it to you if you I saw your Mother's Day and you'd be like, "What's up? I'm not a mom." And I was like, "Yes, but it's a national holiday. so I want you to have a good Mother's oh, Day." Oh man, okay yeah uh, so, it's, anyway, i thought yeah.
1: I always thought it was funny but apparently it's not that much yeah. i always do that happy birthday mother you know what i mean yeah. Uh, yeah okay alan so seriously did you get your wife something on the first mother's day 20 some years ago 20 years ago i don't remember
0: i'm sure i did i've been perfect <laughs> <laughs> let's ask her they're gonna come and we'll ask
2: them next yeah maybe <laughs> we'll That's have, them. Maybe I we'll th- have th- them i think get i did some mic time yeah i think i did
1: I know I, I got something for Father's Day. Of I course don't you did, Seth. Of course you got your wife something. <laughs> you probably and, and probably had some poem. You probably wrote a poem. That was all was, I wrote Day her a anyway. song one time. I don't even know when Mother's Day
2: is. It's May. It's in May. It's May. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in May, I think. Yeah. My son was born in September, so I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I'm good like well, I, that. I did write Brit a song one time. Of course you did, but I couldn't get through it. I was crying the whole time. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could I couldn't. She just till this day, she has no idea what the song is about. I was crying. I was like, you mm. were just bl- blubbering. Yeah, <laughs> I really was. You know, at our wedding, I uh, cried the whole time too. <laughs> like our wedding,
1: but she came down the she came down the aisle and I started crying. You couldn't stop.
2: Huh.
1: Alan people people hit us up and they're like why are you guys so mean to seth they wonder yeah they wonder why yeah. you guys come across so mean to seth all the time we're like i don't know because the podcast is called christian men unscripted <laughs> maybe that's why hey you know what you need to cry more okay? <laughs> he came in with his iced coffee today and he's like i
0: like iced coffee i'm like i know you do mm. yeah. <laughs> hey, yes yes man you like pumpkin spice lattes okay <laughs> i do i know yeah I they're do. They're they're, they're hot pumpkin spice lattes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because there's a little bit of edginess to a hot coffee. You can hurt yourself if you do it wrong, (laughs) make you tough. Oh, darn it. I spilled it out of my pants. (laughs) Let's get back on
0: topic. So badly. What is the topic? (laughs)
1: Uh, Oh, families. Bringing our, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, bringing our personal baggage in under the same roof of our spouse's Mm -hmm. personal baggage, and then trying to produce kids that aren't jacked up. I yeah. think in summary, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, I a think little. it was
2: good, yeah. Uh, my kids good. aren't that jacked though <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll find out in like 10 years when they're like in their own marriages, and they're like, What the heck?
1: My yeah. dad was yeah. such a jerk, Dad was good, yeah, yeah. did we they have a good about, example or not?
0: Yeah. yeah, yes, some, yes, some, no,
1: depend on the year, I guess. <laughs> and then you look at when you're young, how old were you guys set? So, Alan, you and Kim were 19 years old when you yep. got married, okay? I was 21, my wife was 19, mm-hmm. I was 22, my wife was 23. So we're, so we are talking about being younger, you know, when you're younger like that, you really don't bring a lot. You bring your life experience really is a lot of majority of it. That time is still from your home or your home life or Mm -hmm. hitching a ride with your dad across the country. Like Alan did living in a van Mm -hmm. down by the river, like you did in Michigan. I mean, there's the experiences you have are pretty limited and pretty sheltered. Even if shelter is the wrong word to use, like Alan for sure was not sheltered living in motels and things. You're actually more exposed if you will. Mm -hmm, And to be honest, I came from a divorced home and. We were basically loose and free. The last great generation of <laughs> being able to be out on the road on your bicycle and your parents don't oh, even yeah. know where you're at kind of yeah. thing. Street the last kids drinking out of hoses from random strangers' houses, surviving mm-hmm. on the streets. Yeah. So we're kind of the last generation of that Some, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But still. <laughs> but by the freeway, you know, I did That's live by true. a freeway. So it's yeah. a little more unsavory. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> did you cross the freeway on your bike? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, did you... oh wow. You are living, yeah. on, living on the edge. Back then the, small, the town was small. Vegas was small at the rainbow curve. Yeah. You could actually just walk across it. Cross, yeah. I do, I do remember that. Yeah. I rode so my man. bike from
2: like cross town back then.
1: Oh, we used we'll to do it all the time. Oh, will used to do it all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You grew up in the hood, the gated communities of oh. Vegas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> my dad was a higher
0: patrolman. <laughs> I didn't I, make much money. I lived in a trailer park by Nellis Air Force Base for a while. See? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost burned it down playing with matches. <laughs> oh, that's real. Right there. That's another. Uh, I'm like, I'm like Eminem yeah, yeah. I hate my- yeah. yeah. you're from Michigan yeah, that's right
1: yeah <laughs> mm. I don't rap though so to bring it back by the way I also I got in trouble by the fire department it. I burnt my stepbrother and I burnt the um porta potty you know how they may not possibly that we burnt one on fire and it melted completely and you imagine the black smoke that caused the attention mm. of the fire department to us and we got caught for it and oh man it was terrible but <laughs> anyway see we did bad stuff as kids back in the smaller town of Las Vegas yeah um but i want to come back just real fast because we are, we're going to next episode. We're going to jump a little bit more into this. The fact that as individuals, we have our own individual life history baggage, and then our own individual walk. And then we're trying to make that work in marriage. And we're talking about a couple of guys here with 30 years of marriage, with nine years of marriage for any listeners that are in any kind of a relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship, a brand new one, a, a going to get married, the intentionality of making the decision daily to, Put that other person on a pedestal in your life second only to jesus kind of a thing that kind of intentionality and in relationship can translate though even into work relationships into friendship relationships just like jesus himself said you know um for a good person someone might dare to die you know maybe but for you know, people who don't deserve it, help me out with this, Seth. Do you understand the verse I'm getting at? Like someone might dare to die. And maybe it's yeah. in Romans. Maybe it wasn't Jesus who said that. Maybe it was Paul who yeah, shared Paul. that. Yeah. yeah. And so he shared, like, you know, that maybe, maybe someone would be willing to die for good people. But Jesus died while we were yet sinners. That actually does. That it goes back to Romans 5, 8. Now it's hitting me. You know, here he died for, for us while we were yet sinners. And so that's actually, as a follower of Jesus, how we're called to be for everybody around us, which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. to think. That's radical. Yeah. And so back to our families. How much more for the people right. i really love is mm-hmm. all i'm trying to get at
2: mm-hmm. that's good yeah because we have to lay our lives down as you know as husbands specifically for us that's what jesus did he laid himself completely down for us mm-hmm. and for uh, for us as husbands that's kind of what we do that's what that's what we we're are called, called to do yeah. as christians and um mm-hmm. you know we don't do great at it all the time sometimes we're very selfish sometimes we have different things that we would rather be doing than loving our spouses, and um, um, that's something where we yeah. are uh, going to talk to our our wives next episode and kind of hear hear their perspective on this. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> See if we
1: can convince them, yeah, I think that I don't um, know if my wife will go for it. No. She will. Kim's going to. I just um I just really like the thought of how we've progressed. I hate to use the word progress or mature because it sounds more I don't know, uh, more bragemony than it should, but I'm looking worried. at our own life, I don't know, but as a kid, you know, you get married as a kid and then you kind of like go through and you don't cherish your wife and you forget Mother's Day, or whatever. <laughs> but then you look back now. And like you said, I love my wife more and more every day. I praise God and thank mm-hmm. God for preserving her as my wife day in and day out. And so you kind of get to see that 30 years later, but mm-hmm. I like the perspective. I like to go back maybe next episode. We can talk a little bit about how did we meet? Just so yeah. a little bit of that. Just the young, yeah. being young, you yeah. know? Yep. Well, this is great, guys. I don't want to talk about how I met my
2: wife. <laughs> it was so corny, stupid. Were you Were you a male stripper? <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: I was 19. Oh, you could be that. That's I about 118 uh, pounds. <laughs> okay. There so was. you
1: were probably fast like a greyhound or a gazelle. I was.
0: I'll let her tell it. All, All right. right. We're going to wrap it up? Yeah, I see we wrap. Anything up. Anything else? Seth? no no oh, good. okay okay, okay I, like,
1: hey Seth I do want to remind me to share with you about how good Alan was at basketball I like to brag the guy up <laughs> yeah dude I'm, I'm not kidding he was hell of a good at basketball back in the day back in the day mm-hmm. not
0: anymore mm-hmm. bad knees all right, right. all in the talk to you guys next time